Hi there, welcome back. I'm Richard Pyatt. Miles for Memories is our focus on creating dementia solutions. This show on Access Vision and a podcast as well. Follow Miles for Memories on Facebook and the Miles for Memories website to know when these episodes go live and you can stay up to date on what's happening. You may remember we've had some conversations about the technology that has made some terrific advances over the last few years as it relates to dementia and particularly folks who may be prone to wandering. The technology that Miles for Memories has helped develop a bracelet that allows folks, if they are wandering, to be tracked easily if they're encountered by emergency personnel or others. Uh, some other types of technology that have allowed uh, similar things to happen. Steve Frisbee's with us today, Vice President at Life Care Ambulance, who's going to talk to us a little bit about this from the perspective of an emergency responder. Hi, Steve. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Talk about your impressions of this effort. So when someone told you, look, we're trying to create a system whereby yeah. someone who wanders gets home more safely than maybe they have been, and emergency responders play a big role in that, what were your impressions of that? I thought maybe it was a little bit of a pipe dream, uh -huh. to, to be honest, uh, to start with. But then when you stood back and looked at the advancing technology of today, it's like, you know, I think this could work. They're onto something here. Yeah. And uh, just about in the next several days, one of my friends who lived up in the Flint area's mother had a period of lucidness. She's normally, you know, not with it, doesn't drive, a bit of a recluse at mm -hmm. that point. And she took off, found her keys and took off in her car. Oh, boy. From the Flint area. And he put out a, like an APB on Facebook, <laughs> missing mom, put a picture up. Oh. Turns out she drove all the way to Marshall. Oh, my goodness. Where she got off of I-94 at uh, 127 there and just pulled over and didn't know what to do, what, kind of slipped back towards, I don't know where I'm at or what I'm doing. And somebody noticed and helped her, and she got home. And I thought, boy, I bet you that technology would have really worked. So how do we do it? And we used to rely on tracking dogs and things like that, which still work. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not as fast. And with today's technology, you can tell right where that device is, it, depending on which device you have mm -hmm. right away. And you don't even have to call 911. You can find out where, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, or your neighbor is by just opening up your cell phone if you have the GPS tracking. Right. And you'll know right where they're at. Mm -hmm. And you go find them. Right. So folks just wander at, at random times. They'll think, you know, I'm going to head for a walk. I, it's a great day and I'm feeling great. And in a period of lucidness, they're gone. Yeah. It could be in a store. It could be out the back door, the front door. And like, where did they go? Right. And uh, it's scary. hard to find. Yeah. So Sherry and others, we all talked about how we could implement this. And it started off with a QR code on a bracelet in a program called Help Home. All we did was bring people in and register them, and it was all voluntary, of course. Took a picture, got the QR code linked to them, and then, honestly, Tina at 911 became one of our biggest advocates. Mm -hmm. And she manages the database so that if a police officer or someone else finds somebody or a family calls and says, Hey, Uncle George is gone. Right. They can look up by name. They can broadcast every police officer in Calhoun County and surrounding areas now, too. A picture of George, where his last residence was. Is he in a car? 
where has he gone before and things like that. And we can put people on the hunt really quick. And the quicker you do it, the better, better chance of getting someone home safe without any big problems and not having a patient end up in an ambulance, going to an emergency room when there's really no medical emergency other than they don't know who they are or where they are. That's not new. That's not a, that's not a new onset. They have dementia and that's the last place you want somebody with dementia is in a crowded emergency room with all these things going on and all these inputs coming at them. It's, it's not the place for them, yeah. especially when they don't need it. Another layer of stressors oh, yeah. on top of that. Yeah. Right. So think about that from the perspective of an emergency responder. So you hear about this idea. Yeah. What happens as you think about it as, a, as an emergency responder? Okay, it has to be like this, and this has to be done, and this step has to be taken. Yeah, so that was the advantage of being a first responder yeah. and understanding the process. And there were some misconceptions by folks in the beginning about how this would work. It's like, no, let's let's talk to Tina. She runs the CAD, the computer-aided dispatch system. We'll make sure this works this way. This is how this would really work, not this way. So just having all that inside baseball knowledge of what goes on in the first responder realm with the vision of what we're trying to accomplish from others, uh, you brought all those talents together and and we got a really good product and you know we had um, MSP Trooper at the time Christy Angelo who's now retired became a big champion of this uh, Sherry myself and others but quickly the police chiefs of Calhoun County the prosecutor the sheriff you name it they all went oh man we see the value of this we don't we're, we don't have to tie up a bunch of resources right in a person hunt which is important but if we can avoid that better off for everybody involved, including the person that's wandered away. Sure. So let's think about that for a second. If someone like your friend's mother uh, wandered away, the notion would be to call 911, I suppose. He did. And that mobilize, still mobilizes resources, yep. but it's probably going to cut the time down yeah. with that bracelet and the QR code and the process yeah. that has been developed, right? Yeah, so that QR code is just a quick reference, and the user or the family can set what kind of data they want released. So do they want their name released, mm -hmm. uh, which typically is, do they want their address, do they want emergency contact, do they want their past health information released, all those things. And we went around to emergency departments in Calhoun County and educated them about what, if you saw this bracelet with this QR code, if they did end up in your facility, what does that mean and how right. can you access it? And what should you do after you access it? Don't treat them like they're a patient. Treat them like they're a lost person and avoid you know, being a patient in your facility. You know, there's rules and regulations about that too. Sure. But here's what you need to do to figure out where they really need to be. Mm -hmm. And often you call the family and say, hey, we have your loved one here in the ER. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's nothing wrong with him other than he doesn't know who he is or where he is. Mm -hmm. That's not new. He right. has dementia. And uh, so we'll be right over to pick him up. So imagine that process is shortened in terms yeah. of trying to find the solution, know what's happening. Yeah. And in today's yeah. age, it doesn't matter if you're a police officer, a firefighter, a paramedic EMT, a, a ER nurse or ER physician, hospital beds, they're all in short supply. There's not as many as there used to be. So you want to reserve those for when you really need them. But you want to really get this person back to where they belong, and that's tucked away in home 
Yes. Safely. That cuts the anxiety for them yeah. faster, too. Yeah. But think about that now. You had a task, I say you, the, the broad you yeah. of, of yeah. emergency responders had the task of figuring out what the process was and then educating all of your counterparts on how to follow that process. So that's a training that has to take place. Yeah, and that was, again, pretty easy. We hmm. we go to a new orientation for Battle Creek PD, and the Sheriff's Department sends their folks there where they learn about dementia patients and how to identify them and how to use the Help Home product to get them home. Um, so we just made ourselves readily available. At first, some folks thought the ambulance the paramedics and EMTs were going to be the ones that would do most of this. No, nope, not really. Uh -huh. The police officer is probably going to be the, the person that shows up first and uh, takes charge of it and starts the, the search. So they need to know how to how to start this process mm -hmm. and get it over with quickly. I suppose that makes sense. If yeah. someone was lost, somebody's going to call 911, and it's probably going to be a police officer that yep. responds. Yep. So when the police officers in the county are going through their training to deal with critical incident threats yeah. and, and patients and how to do de-escalation, they learn about how this system works. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we didn't, we didn't have a clue. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is, a, this is a great thing in the community and it just makes everybody safer. From the perspective of an emergency responder, as this grows, this has to grow, Steve. It has. It has to. It it's going to permeate the state, maybe more. If an emergency responder from another county is listening to this, mm -hmm. what would you say to them in terms of how do I implement this in my county? Find a champion. We started hosting some training, statewide training, back last fall. Anybody that wanted to come could come to Firekeepers. Yeah. We had the uh, Health Institute's uh, half million dollar grant helped us pay for all this. But we had sheriffs, we had 911 directors, we had uh, police captains, you name it. They found their champion and they've, they've taken it back to their communities and went, wow, this is really good. Right. Um, so it, it rapidly is becoming a statewide used tool in the help home and even in our more advanced technologies of you know the gps tracking device yeah so you know you can graduate you can wear one of those miles for memories wristbands when you're getting older and sometimes forget and we all do that right and you think well it's, you know wouldn't hurt to have that on uh -huh. and um or you know grandpa grandma can't quite remember who they are some days or what they're doing get them in that level and as they graduate and progress into their uh, dementia or other altered states of mentality, because uh, it's not, it won't just work for dementia. It'll work for any at risk. Right. And that's one of the things we stress during these trainings. You know, there's youth that are unable to communicate. You name it, anybody who is at risk of not being able to tell you who they are, where they are, where they belong, this technology will fit them. It's not just dementia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at risk youth that take off, you could hide a GPS tracking device <laughs> right on them and they don't even know it. But again, something the family is responsible for them has yeah. already said, yes, we want this. Right. It's not that you just do it without the, you know, somebody in the family knowing. So it, it's a great device. And, you know, a lot of eyes yeah. opened during those trainings. Sure, of, wow. And, and that was my advice is you need a champion. 
right? Who's going to be a champion in your community? So is it going to be the 911 director? Is it going to be the sheriff? Is it going to be the prosecutor? Is it going to be in your senior services? Across the state, it all looks different in every location, mm-hmm. right? And maybe we've buried the lead here, as they say, but this does work. Well, There's significant numbers. Oh, my goodness, it. yes. So since this has been implemented, you've seen this work over and over again. Yeah, I think we're well over 150 times. And if you multiply that by the average ambulance, transport, ER visit, those kind of things, you're you know, you're know starting to approach probably half, three-quarters of a million. Yeah. Somewhere in that have saved money and saved resources and the real goal was get them home safe yeah. quickly, and that was accomplished as well. So little old Calhoun County, you know, we're leading the way, and somebody had a vision to say, can we get people home safe? And it went from, uh, I think that's a pipe dream, to I think this will work. Yeah. And, you know, people just having a vision, sometimes it, you have to beat down those walls and say, it'll work, we, here's how we can do it. But, you know, what happened right away, like I said, was everybody came together with all these expertise and uh, different areas of sc- in schools of thought of how do you make it work? And that's the key. So that champion, and we can demonstrate in Calhoun County, we're saving dollars, saving resources, and getting people home quicker. It's an easy thing. Easy to leave it right there, too. That's yeah. the point. Congratulations. Thanks for being a champion, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> Steve Frisbee, Life Care Ambulance, Miles for Memories volunteer. Incredible advances just in the last few years and a, a collaboration of resources that is terrific. Thanks for being with us on Creating Dementia Solutions. I'm Richard Pyatt. Take care.